Good morning from Stanford Christian Church. This is Pastor Jeremy. Who are you? I'm not talking about your name. I'm Jeremy, but that's not what I'm asking. Who are you really? When everything is stripped off, when you really have to dig deep and think about yourself, boil yourself down to the most important element, who are you? Maybe this is a difficult question because you don't like who you are. You want to be someone different, or maybe it's because you deflect looking that deep and distract yourself from thinking about the tough questions. Today, God speaks truth over you. Or maybe for some of you, this is an invitation. Galatians 3, 26-29 For in Christ Jesus you are all children of God through faith. As many of you as were baptized into Christ have clothed yourselves with Christ. There are no, it's no longer Jew or Greek. There's no longer slave or free. There's no longer male or female. For all of you are one in Christ Jesus. And if you belong to Christ, then you are Abraham's offspring, heirs according to the promise. Through Jesus, you are a child of God. Today, we want to embrace who you are and stop putting on other identities over top of it. If you are in Jesus, this is who you are. Above every other thing that you are, you are now a child of God. Now, I know it's true that you are also an American. You're a man or a woman. You're a lawyer, a teacher, a mother, a son, middle class, uneducated, educated, an athlete, grandparent. You're a UK fan. You're conservative, a liberal. Whatever you claim. Those things may be true. But above all those things in a way that makes all those others obsolete at times. You are first and foremost a child of God. This matters because when you receive Jesus, your entire identity transforms. Everything you were is gone. Sinner, coward, mean, selfish, alone, bitter, bully, scared, hopeless, they're gone. Your national, political, class, gender, whatever you claim, they may still be true, they do not define you. They're not at the core of your heart. Now, there's only one name that matters. That is the kind of acceptance or reception of the gospel that Jesus requires. You are so totally transformed that you are a new person, fully engulfed in him. It's not just your name, your appearance, your title, your destination that changes. You change, totally transformed. You're a new person, made again in the likeness of Jesus. Now, Jesus tells Nicodemus that you must be born again to enter the kingdom of God. In Galatians chapter 2, Paul says that he was crucified with Christ. He no longer lives, but Christ lives in him. Verse 27 of our passage for today says, As many of you as were baptized into Christ have clothed yourselves with Christ. We are clothed with Christ. He covers us. Everything else that you are is covered by Christ. Your baptism declares that you are a child of God. That is who you are. Our identity in Christ comes with unity. It comes with responsibility. And it also comes with hope. Our identity comes with unity in that we are connected to all God's other children. You have a place in his home. You belong. You aren't just a visitor or a guest. You belong with God's family. You belong here with us. These are your people, your team, your family. You know, in Jesus, you have more in common with the Iranian Christian 
than you do with the unbeliever who lives down the road from you your whole life. Listen, you can't carry another allegiance beside Christ. Dual allegiances kill the love for others, Jesus teaches. Remember, he says you can't serve two masters. You will always hate the one and love the other. You must put one first. You can't love other people when you claim another name beside child of God. You will always despise or neglect them. You, you can't love people in a country that your country is in conflict with because your allegiance to country puts you at odds with them at times. You can't help them when they need, weep for them when they fall, or celebrate when they win because it contradicts your emotional ties to your other allegiance, whatever it is. Today, you need more to more fully embrace your place as a child of God. And you need to shed some of the other identities you claim. Our identity as sons and daughters of God give us unity with one another. It also comes with responsibility. You're a child. You're, you are his child. Your lives, your word, your actions reflect on him. When people look at you, do they see the Lord Jesus? Do they see your heavenly father? Embrace your place as a child of God. Remember the name that he has given you. Don't taint it. Prove to, that you believe what you claim to believe. Follow Jesus. Love people. Live holy lives in the way of Jesus. Put other, off the other identities and agendas and love people and declare the, greatest, the greatness and the hope of God. Our identity as sons and daughters of God give us unity with one another. It places a responsibility on us, and it also comes with a great hope. In our text for today, it ends with verse 29. And if you belong to Christ, then you are Abraham's offspring, heirs according to the promise. As a child of God, you are an heir to the crown, to the inheritance. An heir is one who can you know, claim legal right to an inheritance. And that's what you become by faith in Christ, which is the main point of our passage. If you belong to Christ, then you are Abraham's offspring heirs according to the promise. Those who belong to Christ are heirs according to the promise. You now stand in line to receive the inheritance that God is preparing for his children. And when we talk about the promises of God, we always think about the future promises of eternal life, living in perfection with God after Jesus returns. But that's not the whole story. Our inheritance, the promise that belong to the children of God are both future and present. As a child of God, he is empowering you and equipping you today. He's preparing a place for you. He, he's preparing you. He encourages you and guides you and teaches you and gives you goodness in your life today, just like any good father or mother does for their children. Now, the scriptures demand that we turn a corner and look at this from a different angle. What precedes our new birth? What is the condition for me being a child of God? The first two verses of our text provide truth. Listen to God speak in 26 and 27. For in Christ Jesus, you are all children of God through faith. As many of you as were baptized into Christ have clothed yourselves with Christ. There are three parts that I want you to see. First and foremost, it begins and is fully accomplished by Jesus. He lived a sinless life, died on the cross for you, and then rose from the dead to make you a child of God. If you are asked why you are saved, why you receive heaven, the only answer is because Jesus has done it. 
The second truth we want to see is that it is through faith. Faith is a very loaded word here. We're children of God through our belief in the person and work of Jesus. That means everything he is and everything he's done, his life, death, resurrection, everything he is doing now and everything he will promise to do. When we receive him and give ourselves to him and believe in who he is and what he's done for us, God adopts us. There's no other qualification. It doesn't matter if you're a Jew, Greek, slave, free, male, female. None of that matters anymore. Because your faith, because through faith, you are only one thing, a child of God. He says it again, and this time links the idea of baptism. As many of you as were baptized into Christ have clothed yourself with Christ. When you show your loyalty to him and your belief in who he is and what he's done by obeying in baptism, then you are covered in Christ. That is who you are. You are not all the distinctions the world uses to mark you. Slave, free, male, female, rich, poor, uneducated, professional, attractive or unattractive, whatever labels it is they want to give you. You're not defined by those things. You're not the most, these are not the most important things about you. Instead, you are a child of God. You're clothed in Christ. You're an heir to the promises of God. That is who you are. The life you live, your words, your actions, they confirm your identity as children of God. As many as of you as were baptized, he says. Your baptism doesn't save you. Jesus does that. It does not connect the work of Jesus to you. Faith does that. But it does confirm and confess that you are a child of God. True faith results in action. Faithful action is a necessary quality of true faith. Your actions do not make, you, do not make God love you. They, they don't make you a child of God. They don't lose your identity as a child of God. But it is true that God's children follow Jesus. Your lifestyle matter, matters. Sexual purity matters. Being truthful and not lying matters. Caring for those in need matters. Pro faithfully praying, reading scripture, attending church, giving, these matter. These things do not make you a child of God, but your lifestyle does confirm your identity. Jesus says, you will know a tree by its fruit. Good tree bear good fruit, bad trees bear bad fruit. These statements are not about judging others, so don't use them in that way. Instead, it's all about evaluating yourself. The point is, you are children of God. Now, act like it. Your standing as a child of God is accomplished by Jesus, connected by faith, and confirmed by your actions. In the letter to the Galatians, Paul presses your adoption as sons and daughters, compared to that of young princes or princesses who are not old enough to be responsible for their responsibilities and inheritances yet. Listen to what Jesus says right before our text, starting in verse uh, in chapter 3, 23, Paul writes, Now before, your, before faith came, you were imprisoned and guarded under the law until faith was, would be revealed. Therefore, the law was our disciplinarian until Christ came, so that we might be reckoned as righteous by faith. But now that faith has come, we are no longer subject to the disciplinarian. Now let's also pull in what he says right after our passage for today in chapter 4, verse 1. My point is this, he says, Heirs, as long as they are minors, are no better than the enslaved, though they are owners of all the property, but they remain under guardians and trustees until the date set by their father. 
So with us, while we were minors, we were enslaved to the elemental principles of the world. But when the fullness of time had come, Jesus, or God sent his son, born of a woman, born under the law, in order to redeem those who were under the law so that they might receive adoption as children. And because you are children, God has sent the spirit of his son into our hearts, crying, Abba, Father. So you are no longer a slave, but a child. And if a child, then also an heir through God. The old covenant worked like a tutor or a schoolmaster, like a servant of the family who from nursery to adulthood governs the child's behavior until the child reaches maturity. There's a form of bondage in the law and constraints. It's burdensome. But it was never the end goal in God's plan to heal, redeem, and adopt his children. It's kind of like the bumper lanes in a bowling alley. When you're a kid, you need those to keep you out of the gutter. However, at some point, you get better. You can bowl without them. You might still end up in the gutter, but now you have the ability and the skill and the know-how to stay out of it. That's how the law functioned for Israel. It provided direction and restraint. It prescribed the way a mature child should behave. But it couldn't give them a new heart. It couldn't make them righteous or transfer them into God's family. However, through faith, Jesus does. He lived a sinless life to provide you perfect righteousness. He died on the cross to pay the penalty you deserved and to forgive what separated you from him. He rose again on the third day to deal with death and sin to prove that he is Almighty God. He sends his Holy Spirit to his children to give them new birth, to take their heart of stone and replace it with a heart of flesh that doesn't just obey the law, but loves the lawgiver. You're no longer alone. You're no longer an alien separated and lost. You are a child of God. Maybe you're not. If not, then believe in Jesus. Trust that he is who he says he is and has done for you what Jesus, what he says he's done for you. Repent of your sins and reject that reject and betray him. Stop leaning on your own righteousness and give up all the reasons that you think God should accept you. Give up your efforts to make your own way and accept the good news of Jesus Christ as your only hope, your only purpose, your only goodness. Accept your place in the family of God and live up to the name he has given you. You are a child of God. Thank you so much for listening to Stanford Christian Church today. Have a great week. Love God, love others, and tell somebody about Jesus.